and I'm able to create things in my mind and then transmit it to paper and th through the notes on paper, have musicians sort of bring them to life. It's just, it's a terrific, terrific uh, endeavor. I still, I still pinch myself when I, when I compose music, really. Today, we have the honor of hearing from conductor and composer Fuad Fakuri. Lauded for his musical accuracy and emotional intensity, Fakuri has earned a reputation for his dynamic artistry behind the podium. Fakuri goes beyond the score to capture both the essence and spirit of the music, delivering powerful interpretations and inspired symphonic performances. On Saturday, January 29th, Maestro Fakuri will present the world premiere of Krupa with the Saginaw Bay Symphony Orchestra at the historic Temple Theater in downtown Saginaw. Learn more by visiting the Saginaw Bay Symphony Orchestra website in the show notes. We hope you enjoyed this interview and plan to join us for the concert. Maestro Fakuri, thank you so much for being on the podcast here today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be able to chat with you a little bit. Thank you for having me. You have obviously uh, had a musical journey that has taken in your life some incredible places. Uh, I would love for you to describe a little bit about how that journey got started and maybe uh, some of the inspiration behind the career path that you've taken. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting, certainly it's been a journey. Um, I, I started with music at a very, very young age. Um, so I... I come from a musical family. My uh, father is a musician. He ran a conservatory for almost uh, 30 years, and he now teaches at university. He also, in his when he was first starting his career, he was a composer, composed a lot of musicals and commercials for television. My grandfather also was a composer who was uh, who wrote music for early television. Um, obviously, I'm Lebanese. This was all in Lebanon. Um, and my great grandfather was, although worked at a hospital, he was uh, a medical doctor. He also um, played organ at church every Sunday and, and was the organist at church. So uh, it's been in our family for a long time. I started as a pianist. Before that, I, I played uh, violin from when I was three to about five. Um, did not really uh, take to it. Then I started piano at five years old, and I you know, like every other kid, um, studied it for about 12 years, then came to the United States to go to college, did my undergraduate degrees, uh, degree in uh, composition and theory. Then I did my master's degree. The first one is in composition and the second one was in conducting. And then I went and I completed my uh, doctoral work in composition. So that's really a, a little bit of a, of a background about my uh, history and my path in terms of uh, you know, be, becoming a musician, a professional musician. Uh, the question that you asked, though, about really the, ca the career path, specifically as a composer, uh, because, you know, I, uh, in, in a few days, we're going to be premiering one of my uh, new pieces that I'm sure we're going to talk about now. Uh, that path started at a very, very young age. When I would start practicing piano when I was five, six, seven, um, I would easily get bored with with the music that my teacher would would give me to prepare. And um, and I would just start improvising 
uh, while seated, while at the piano with music that I like to listen to and would want to make. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, playing kids play around with toys. I would just play around with making music. Um, and my mom, who's not musical at all, would not know the difference. So she, you know, she would force me. She'd say, nah, you, you have to go practice for the next 45 minutes. So I would go sit down at the piano and I'd practice. And the first five minutes, would I'd be practicing uh, the music I was given. But then I would just jump into playing whatever I wanted to play. But when my dad would be at home, because he's a musician, he would immediately know and he would just scream, you know, stop playing around, work on your music for, uh, on the real music, you know, whatever, Beethoven or or, or Mozart that I was preparing. So that's really a, the, the, the first, um, uh, you know, the beginnings of my interest in composition. I always felt that composition was almost like playing, creating a world that was solely my own. And you couldn't go wrong with, with that ever. It's, it's really interesting to consider sort of some of those parallels between um, the exploration of play and the exploration involved in, in composition and the way that even from a, a young age, you really, really took advantage of that, that scenario of, you know, that the structure of practice, practice, but also the, the freedom of exploring what music had to offer. Yeah, it's, it's true. But, you know, I mean, in reality, I was never really, um, um, you know, a disciplined uh, or even interested in becoming, you know, a concert pianist or a, or a, a virtuoso at, at an instrument like the some kids are. Um, I, I always viewed the piano as a tool to express myself. And that's where I've always been happiest. Uh, I've always been happiest with, with composition. I mean, I'm a conductor. I make my livelihood and I, I live my life as a conductor. But my, my true passion and my true form of expression that started it all for me is composition. In that space, I feel uh, as if I control uh, all the parameters and I'm able to create things in my mind and then transmit them to paper and th through the notes on paper, have musicians sort of bring them to life. It's just, it's a terrific, terrific endeavor. I still, I still pinch myself when I, when I compose music, really. Well, let's talk for a minute about um, the performance uh, that is coming up here on Saturday, uh, Krupa. Um, what is a little bit of the inspiration behind that? How did that come to be? Yeah, so the title Krupa is references uh, Jean Krupa or Eugene Krupa. Krupa was a was one of the pioneers in drumming, playing drum set, and he uh, he performed with uh, Benny Goodman and with a lot of jazz early jazz greats. Um, and and when I was young, probably in my mid teens, I listened to a recording of Sing Sing Sing, uh, the the with Benny Goodman when they performed at Carnegie Hall, and Gene Krupa. Was was performing the drum the drums on that in that uh, in that concert and then I watched the movie I think it's called the the Benny Goodman story or or so it's an early movie it's uh, and and Krupa also performs in that movie he he's one of the actors and he's playing his part in that concert that they perform at the end of the movie at Carnegie Hall um, 
I was just fascinated. It, 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 his playing, I mean, you know, when you're 15, 16, all of those events become almost, or not all of them, some of them become monumental in shaping you for the future. And that was, I think, one of those turning points where I thought, my gosh, music can can do that, can make you feel that way. And in many ways, I mean, what you have today, and especially early rock, uh, whether it starts with the music, you know, of the Beatles, Elvis Presley, then you go to, uh, you know, Def Leppard, Led Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, all the way through, even as somebody like uh, the drummer for Rush, all of that that drumming, that that drum solos that you hear in those rock um, rock tunes really have a lot of sort of history with somebody like Krupa the way and the way he drummed. So I wanted to create a piece that was an homage to his drum playing. And in the piece, there is a person who plays the drum set. And and that that instrument is featured in this 10 minute piece. And the orchestra then becomes the band that accompanies um, this this drum set. Well, that's uh, it's a fantastic thing to see the way that, you know, you take that moment of inspiration and now these years later are transforming it into something of your own. Uh, when when you compose a piece or this piece specifically, is it something that happens over a long period of time, you know, a, a matter of, of years where you start with a bit of the, the piece and then build on it? Or is it something that's a little more conscientious and comes to you all at once? So uh, to start with, I'm, I'm a very slow composer. Uh, you know, there are certain composers you know, that can, that can write music very, very quickly and, and are able to generate a lot of music fast. Um, I am not that type of composer. It takes me a long time to come up with an idea and then to, to put my, my thoughts in a sequence that I feel is worth exploring. And then the, the, the process of writing is, is uh, I would venture to say it's almost laborious. Uh, you know, it just, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of, a lot of work. Um, so in that regard, I am not uh, a fast writer, but in terms of the ideas, once I have the idea, so it takes me a while to come up and formulate an idea. Once I have the idea and specifically what the piece is going to be about, then putting details to that idea becomes much simpler for me. And then, you know, it can go fairly quickly after that point. Um, but for instance, with Krupa, and Krupa is a little bit unique because of COVID, we were supposed to premiere it, I think, uh, a year and a half or two years ago before COVID started. So that piece has really been, I've been working on it probably for the past two years, um, but it shouldn't have been that long. It's just, it just, I stopped working on it because of COVID. And then I worked on it during the quarantine in Saginaw for about eight, nine months. Uh, and now we're going to premiere it. But, you know, typically, I, you know, it takes me some time to, to write music. Yes. As the composer and conductor for this particular piece, do you feel that, like it gives you a, a particular completeness where you're able to have the fullest expression of the piece because you know the way that you're conducting and you, you know what you want it to sound like? Do you feel like this sort of is the, the, the completeness of that? That's a great question. And it's, it's a question that I've certainly 
uh, wrestled with and, and thought about. On the one hand, yes, you know, meaning I wrote the piece. I know the details of every note behind in that piece that I put and why I put those notes there. You know, because as a conductor, when I'm conducting somebody else's music, you know, let's take a Beethoven symphony, Mozart, whatever. My job as a conductor is really to deconstruct this piece and understand the choices that the composer made with the notes, with the dynamics, with the form, and, under, and, and then recreate it in a manner that makes sense to me and then transmit it to the audience. So every time I'm working as a conductor, I'm decomposing a piece. I'm, I'm sort of taking it apart, understanding it, figuring it out, and then rebuilding it. So when you compose a piece, in this case, Krupa, I don't have to do that process. I've already done it. And the process has worked uh, in, in tandem with the creation of this piece. So I, I know every choice, why it was made and why why this note is here. So that, that becomes easier. However, when I now as a conductor go and listen to uh, different composers, you know, for instance, I'm preparing a piece by Copeland now, and I went and I did some research and heard the recording that Copeland conducted of his own work and then heard other conductors doing it. I found that a lot of the other conductors that took Copeland's music and and expressed it or, or performed it, did it, in my opinion, in a, in a way that was much more interesting and much more uh, dynamic than Copeland's. Now, so there's always that question in the back of my mind, and it's not, it's not it's almost not a question. It's there's this sort of want where I would write a piece, I can conduct it, and I have given my way of of expressing it. But then I would love to hear how somebody else takes it and what they do with it. And I think that's the beauty of art, at least the performing arts that we're involved in, that there's always that extra something that somebody else can do that is different than what you what you do. That's not right or wrong, but different. And sometimes that difference makes it even that much more interesting. It almost makes the piece uh, a living thing that changes. It's not static. It, it, it comes alive in different ways, depending on who's doing the interpreting. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's the case all the time. I think in music, I mean, music is, is quite an interesting endeavor, right? There is no music unless you make, especially the music that we, I mean, forget electronic music for a second but but live live music performed as we do it with with an orchestra with an orchestra unless you make a conscious effort to start a sound by you know either blowing through your instrument or drawing a bow or hitting a drum or whatever it is there is no music and the the it's almost like a life being born you bring it into life it lives for whatever duration you have allowed it to live, or you have sort of the composer has designated that it should live, that note should live this long, and then it fades into nothing again. And it's one, one note after another, one phrase after another, one period after another. I mean, these are just the, the way you construct a piece. And that's what creates this sort of universe of, of, a, of a symphony, for instance. But But it's... It is. It comes from nothing and goes back to nothing. After you're done with that performance, unless you record it, there's no trace of it, which is beautiful, I think. Well, we are certainly grateful um, that you are sharing this with Saginaw, and we'll look forward to 
hearing the piece on Saturday. And uh, I very much appreciate you taking the time to, to join me on the podcast here. Thank you very much, Thor. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Temple Arts Podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and making a donation to the arts through saginawartmuseum.org or templetheater.com. This will allow us to continue to bring enriching program to Saginaw and beyond.